Synthaholics. Shiny new. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. What's up, Dave? They killed my son, Leto the second. Those bastards. <laughs> Dave, we are on the final, ep- final episode, the final chapter. The final of countdown. Right. That's right. It's been quite a journey, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we skip over a lot of the battle here, and we just see uh, Paul or Muad'Dib um, triumphant. And the book kind of ends how it begins. Lots of exposition. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. Let's get into it. So, um, yeah, this is uh, chapter 48, so this is the final chapter here, so... We see Paul, he is uh, in the Iraqan governor mansion and uh, where he lived before with his uh, father and mother before they were... Three you know, long years out. ago. Three long years ago, that's right. And so he's going to choose this place uh, to kind of face off with the emperor and kind of like make a stand here. He, uh, you know, he's and during this whole time, they're just kind of like, uh, resetting that so they're setting up communications equipment and you know they're just getting things kind of put back together into in the governor's mansion. Raban thought it was a bathroom, the communications array. You guys, there's shit everywhere. There's so much feces everywhere. It's mostly diarrhea because you know our Conans. Yeah, Gurney goes and gets uh, his mom Jessica and Chani. And uh, so they're going to meet up, and then uh, we get a Sardaukar warrior arrives, and um, Paul basically says, "Hey, I'll send you over to uh, to the uh, to the emperor. You uh, and he have I'll, I, I promise uh, as the, as Duke Atre- you know Duke Atreides that uh, the emperor will be safe, and he can come meet, and we can talk about uh, an agreement between each other." And so uh, the Sarkar warrior is going to run off and do that. Jessica shows up, and she's wondering about uh, her, her daughter Aaliyah, if, he, if she's okay. And uh, Aaliyah's just out there just Mercy killing, killing people. people. Just killing people. <laughs> it's like marking them for water. It's like, yeah, they're wounded. Now they're dead. You can make water out of them. It's all good. And Jessica's kind of just like, well, you are just uh, just being such a little jerk here, Paul. You don't care about anybody anymore. And he's like, what's the difference? I'm the quiz at Hatterack. What'd you think I was going to be? Like a good guy? Yeah, pretty much. He's like, I'm a dick now, Ma. Thanks. <laughs> I'm full on dick. I got so much hair now. Stilgar showed so me how to do it. on my balls. I drank that water of life. I'm furrier than yes. a cat in heat. Uh, oh, God. And then, uh, yeah, so she's, uh, so Jessica's kind of just like, whoa, what has happened to my son? Then uh, Paul uh, has his mom stay by his side when the emperor is uh, brought to him. And he basically says, oh, and by the way, I'm going to um, marry the emperor's daughter, Princess Erlan. So. <laughs> 
the emperor's like, oh, no, you're not. I'm it. And Ch- and like, and she's like, um, Jessica's like, D- what about Chani? Like, didn't you guys have a thing going? I, just, no, no, no. Just, just, I'm just doing this to get to the throne. So, just get to the throne. I'm so. I'm I don't so, want two wives. I'm so confused that Jessica. She's been like shitting on Chani like the entire time. Now she's like, now I'm gonna feel sorry for Chani. Yeah. Now she's like, wait a second. Wait a second. This is just like what happened to me, but different. Yeah, so. except Duke Ludo never actually married. Hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, so and Paul's like, well, uh, he he basically is like, this is the this is my way to uh, seat to the throne, and this is the way to kind of end a lot of the problems that we're having right now. If I, I marry her, so and Chani uh, shows up uh, with Paul, and they uh, they mourn uh, the death of his son Leto the second, and uh, says, don't worry. There'll be other kids. We'll have so many other children. They'll be popping up like gophers. And, he's like, and then she's like, okay, well, I loved my son. Just keep popping him uh, out, Johnny. It'll be fine. I don't know. I, I got to tell you, Paul is taking a turn. I know he's been turning slowly, but he's really taking a turn now. He's just sort of like completely callous. Well, I mean, like it started when his father died, and his 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 uh, powers started awakening. Like the yeah, the, the more he yeah. can sense other things, the less he cares about the here and now and emotions and stuff, yeah. things like that. Because he's yeah, because he's seeing off in the future, and he's seeing different different variations of the future. So, uh, Gurney brings the emperor and his whole entourage, and they're all pretty upset. They're all like some of women are crying and. The, in the Sardaukar warriors and all the other people that look completely uh, despondent from uh, their defeat. So, and Fade Roth is there, and Count Fenring is with them. And uh, Paul's like, I've never seen Count Fen- uh, Fenring before, and I even in my visions, I've never seen him. Like, how come I've never seen this guy before? And you know why, Dave? Because right. he's a eunuch. Oh no, he's very. <laughs> Apparently that. It makes you uh, uh, give you a cloaking device to when you see into the future. Oh, the Kwisatz Haderach cannot see eunuchs. He can only see people who have intact genitals. Uh, and he sees the princess, and he's like, "Ah, this is this is my lady." So, uh, and then Howard shows up, and obviously Howard has had the poison kicked in, and uh, and the Emperor gave uh, Howard a poison blade to stab Paul. And so when he shows up and Paul asks Howard to come forward, Howard uh, Thufer is, is is a mess. And uh, he, but he says uh, he says it's much pain. He goes, yes, there's a lot of pain, but there's more joy than pain to seeing you still alive. So, and he basically turns to the emperor and says, I ain't gonna kill him. I work for uh, the Duke uh, uh, Trades, uh, the House of Trades, and not you. So. <laughs> So he's not going to do anything. So, and unfortunately, then how it kind of drops to the ground. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been hanging on for a while. I mean, it's been probably a couple days. I mean, I mean, it may, it may, it may not be that long, but I mean, who, who knows when uh, Tharconan stopped giving him his antidote? Mm-hmm. So, and then the emperor and Paul starts going back and forth, and the emperor is like, "Hey, you know, I got the whole, uh, I got a whole fleet up there, armada of ships." Uh, up above the planet and Paul's like oh yeah uh, you guildmen if you don't send all those ships back I'll destroy all the spice on the planet and they're like what why why would you do such a thing that's monstrous he's like ah but you know I can do it so you better call him and and they 
they test them a little bit, but then they're like, okay, and they they go over to that communication equipment that uh, uh, Ravon was shitting on before, and they start <laughs> they start, they start dookie, licking it up in the dookie room. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it smell so bad here? Why wouldn't it smell so bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the guildsmen are basically oh that would be terrible, and and Paul says something like uh, the guild had a chance so many years ago to basically take Arrakis for themselves but they never gripped the handle of the sword so now they're not going to do it now so so the guild the guild gives in and then uh, next we get uh, a cross uh, between uh, the Reverend Mother Gaius and uh, and Paul and Jessica and um, basically Paul's just like yeah I'm the quiz of Hatterack. deal with it and uh and Jessica, and then she starts going like, Jessica, you can't let him do this. And Jessica's like, I can't do shit. This is, he's doing what he wants to do. And, she, and then he's like, hey, what about that daughter you have? What the fuck is the deal with her? Uh, she's got a tumor. It's funny. Uh, Aaliyah is absent in this scene, and I kind of wish she was here. So, Oh, it's always great having a lip from like a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> with all the mind of uh, her mother and the other reverent mother that she assimilated and... All that other fun stuff. Yeah, well... All the stars. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, the Reverend Mother wants him to be, uh, you know, uh, Jessica to rein him in, and she says, I can't. This is him. This is the Quiz of Hatterack. There's nothing I can do about it. And uh, and then he... Uh, this is where he does, like, similar to the, into, um, the movie where he tells uh, the Reverend Mother, to, calls, yells at her to be silent, and she almost, like, reels back with just the word, and people are like... And the other Fremen are like, he can kill with a word. So it's the first time we've seen that. Yeah, it's I, uh, it, all the powers seem kind of weird. And in this upcoming fight with, with Fade, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Because, I mean, he, they don't even mention the weirding way once. Like, why Why is he not weirding? Like, couldn't he just kill him in like a second? It is weird. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. I, I was kind of focusing on, well, that we should get to it. Fade Rotha is there, and they're basically like, oh, I see you got oh. some Harkonnens here with you. And then Gurney wants to kill Fade Rotha. And then, but Paul's like, no, I should do it uh, from uh, the art of Canley, which is basically some kind of chivalry or something that they've put between uh, the houses. And uh, Gurney's pretty upset. And it seems like everyone does not want Paul to fight Fade Rotha. They're like, no, you should not fight this guy. He will kill you. He could kill every single Fremen he wanted to, but he can't kill Fade for some reason? I don't I, I know. And then, I don't understand. And, and, and during this time, too, um, like it's like they're all like, like, no, you should not fight him. You should not fight him. And uh, Paul can't see past his future at this point. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to live or die here. So Figure it out, Paul. Anyways, so they all get down to their undies or whatever they're wearing. Uh, Fade Rotha has some kind of weird male shirt, which has a poison tip thing on there as well. Yeah, he's got that's, the, the special hidden. like the hip pants with a, a hidden blade that poison. Yeah. Just like just like in the movie, except uh, just like the movie, yeah, except they were basically uh, in their shorts. Fighting, yeah, so. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, except for yeah, they're just wearing like with the thong. So just imagine the thong he came out in, but with the blades instead of the full outfit. And, and there's a word that uh, Fade Rotha has like implanted in him that to make him kind of like uh, shut down, his muscles kind of shut off. 
Um, but apparently Paul's like, I'm not I don't want to do cheat. <laughs> Which he could have just, I mean, like, Fade, like, literally has, like, like, you know, like, all these different things that he's trying to do to, like, kill Paul. Like, he first gets a poison knife, and then, he, like you said, he's got the poison uh, blade in his on his hip, on his belt there. And, uh, and he just keeps on distracting him, trying to goad him on the whole time, you know, so... Yeah, and, and Fade uh, Roth is all sorts of cheating, and Paul's like, I'm not going to cheat, I'm going to do it the good way. Yeah. And I guess not cheating maybe is not using the weirding way? I don't I don't understand. Like, I feel like they didn't bring up the weirding way nearly enough. Yeah, like, yeah, when, I know, When right? was the last time Paul actually used it? Uh, when they met Stilgar, like halfway through the book? I don't know. Um, That's the last time I recall clearly that it was used. Because, uh, or at least Paul's mother used it because she made Stilgar look like a chump. Yeah, it is kind of weird because they, they, you think he would have used this, but maybe no, I don't. Yeah, Fade wouldn't be trained in the weirding way. Maybe he had some kind of like counter moves the weirding way. I mean, the only reason Paul knows it's because his mom kind of broke with the Bene Gesserit tradition. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. No, it is kind of weird. Kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but uh, after a while, um, he. It looks like Fade's got the jump on Paul, and he even hits him one time. Yeah, he cuts him one time on the arm with the knife with the poison, and Paul real uh, resets his metabolic rate to fight off this uh, the poison, which is crazy. I can control my genes, yes. So, and then uh, in that certain point, Fade looks like he's going to kill uh, Paul. He's got he's got him overpowered. Oh my Paul god! Oh my flips. god! I think he's got me. Paul flips him, and somehow his belt gets stuck onto the ground because the, the the blade, the, the the needle with the the poison on it, on on Phaedroth's belt gets caught on the ground because where he flips him, and then Paul just drives the knife up into his neck and, and into his head and kills him instantly. So, so he dies. Phaedrotha is dead. The last of the Harkonnens. Gotta stand up, do some Popeye shit. Gonna break with him. Gonna break the grab with my voice, make his eyes turn white. And then Paul's like, let's get back to me getting married to your daughter, to the emperor. Oh, she can marry the corpse if she wants to, and then I'll just marry her right after. And it's funny, because before you said that, Fade Roth was like, oh, if I kill Paul Atreides, maybe he'll uh, honor me with marrying his, his daughter, and I will be emperor soon. So that was Fade's idea. But. Mm-hmm. Then the our emperor calls Count Fenring and wants uh, Fenring to uh, confront Paul and... Not really clear on what Fenring was going to do. Yeah, uh, he's just this Fen- eunuch. Fenring was going to do, yeah, he was a eunuch and he was going to do something to the Paul, but Fenring was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. We've maybe, been friends for too long. Maybe I should abstain. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so uh, then the, after Fenring says, no, I'm not going to do anything, so the emperor has to work with Paul. So. Uh, they negotiate, but Paul basically tells them exactly what's going to happen. So he says, the Imperial Throne, uh, Paul will take the Imperial Throne, the Emperor will take the throne to uh, uh, Saldus Secutus, which is um, the, prison the, ice, the prison planet of the Sardaukar. But he says, don't worry, I'm, I'll make it beautiful. You'll be the best planet, the very best. And uh, and, he's, and then uh, he says, as for Arrakis, Paul will fulfill his promise and make the the planet a beautiful paradise but keep the desert too we got to keep the desert so the spice can still flow just keep it keep the sand part 
And um, the Reverend Mother sees uh, the future and sees a jihad in the future, and basically that uh, the fr- the Fremen will be released upon the universe. And it's like it's uh, pretty much fucked from there. And then you know, so the agreement is made or whatever. They I guess the Emperor kind of agrees to what Paul says, and then Chani's like. Chani's like, what about us? He goes, don't worry, Chani. I'll be married to uh, Erlan, but be my wife legally. But she'll never really know what true love is. I'm never even going to sleep with her. Ooh, yeah. And then uh, and then Jessica says to Chani at the last uh, last bit, says, they might, we might be concubines, but history will call us wives. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Yeah, Jessica is the last word. Like, I, I, uh, I, I still call us wives. I, I, I still gotta say, part. it's just bizarre that they're talking about up, up playing her role in the in the new movie, since she's dominated screen time as much as, if not more, than Paul. Pretty much yeah, the entire yeah, book. I would, I would say she probably has more screen time than Paul does. Dave, this is it. This is the book. Uh, think, of, thought about this chapter. Thought about the book. Uh, first about this chapter uh there's just lots of like procedural stuff i mean he just skips over the fights and gets right into like uh paul just becoming this dictator like completely against his his uh standing at the beginning of the book i don't want to bring the jihad now he just now he doesn't even seem like he cares like yeah we're totally going full jihad it's gonna be so much fun uh right. he's doesn't seem to care about anything anymore except for Chani, kind of, and the throne and having the power. It, it's very, it's it's crazy how like Paul like almost basically becomes the bad guy by the end. Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, pretty good book. I, it's just the style is just something else. It's just very different, very different. From, from anything very I've read. Um, I've started the second book. It's the style of the second book is already a lot different than the first book which is strange i mean it's it's i think it's a little bit better maybe he's kind of gotten his uh his legs a little bit yeah from the first book yeah he, he the, the 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 narrative the way they talk is a little bit different i mean you figure yeah the first book was written 1965 and the first book was also written as a bunch of short stories too which also mm-hmm. is why like the first book might be kind of janky is just because mm-hmm. uh it was written as short stories and published as little short snippets in the sci-fi magazines of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, very bizarre style. I enjoyed the book overall. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, like how, how it all plays out. And I don't know. It, it's weird. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, all in all, it's close enough to the David Lynch movie. So it's just, I just don't know why it doesn't translate to screen very well. It's really weird. I mean, I, there's not a whole yeah. lot of difference. I mean, there, I mean, it started like, they started changing small things, but nothing, too big it just, it's just right. really, i don't understand why it doesn't translate to film because the right. book's definitely um, better than the than, than the movie but yeah the, it's the not book's that much better different. than the movie um i think yeah i mean they a lot of the effects especially the big effects like the battle scenes and uh the the spaceship scenes and stuff like that, i think they were very much cheaped out on and that's what i, I remember when we talked about the do du- the lynch movie dune on whatever episode that was way back when that they cheaped out on a lot of stuff on him. And so he, and and they destroyed his cut. So they took a different cut than he would have normally take. But I think, I think it's hard to translate in a movie because it is like a lot of slow pacing parts. 
Yeah. You know, especially the beginning. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of characters. I mean, you have this whole procession of characters that come in. You know, it's just, it's not, um, it's, it's not up to modern standards. It's not like a Star Wars movie where everything's just like, you know, laser shot firing right off the bat, you know, and, and it's a, it's a different universe. It's not, it's not like a teeming universe of, of different aliens and stuff like it's all humans, but weird variations of humans have been, uh, changed through the spice, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's, it is different. I just wonder if the writing style just makes it really hard and maybe the other books will be easier to adapt once, you know, they get to them. If they, if they can get past the first movie uh, without it flopping. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, because uh-huh. I, I mean, I, we didn't talk about this last time, I don't think. But did we? We're, we're Dune is going to go to HBO Max and theaters at the same time or that's what they're trying I to don't do think it was released. I don't think that news came out yet. So I think it was over the weekend we heard that. Yeah. So. It'll be on HBO and uh, in theaters and like in theaters too. Yeah. Christopher Nolan's like yelling and screaming, and so is uh, the CEOs of AMC, and like they're they're really mad about this uh, transition they're doing. But it's just like I don't know what what else are they gonna do? Yeah, I know. So it's, yeah, what 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 are you gonna do? They they want that movie to come out. So I don't know, man. It's uh like okay, so the chapter, like you said, I for me. Uh, it's just basically tying up the loose ends. Yeah, um, just a lot of exposition, I thought. I would have liked to see that battle, or at least the parts of it, you know, uh, as the Fremen take uh, the Emperor's uh, Sardaukar warriors and and invade the whole area and take things over. I would have liked to seen that. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see uh, Raban get killed. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, a lot of the deaths just happen off screen. <laughs> Or, yeah, you know, just like off character, and this is just kind of like, oh, is that person dead? I mean, the only one that was like super on screen was like Duke Leto, Piter, and like uh, I guess Baron, and then uh, yeah, the Baron, yeah, important characters, and then uh, Fade Rotha. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess, and can't forget Shadow Mapes. Shadow Mapes. Um, <laughs> um, I, I guess my thing is, I, um, it is weird because Paul just he becomes more and more detached here and like you know jessica's kind of freaked out i mean he still loves chani but like even when i know he feels he says he feels remorse for his son's death but he doesn't really show much for it so even in the beginning of the second book he's got no um no remorse and he's just like yeah we're still having trouble having kids we're gonna we're gonna make it work one day someday yeah um, all my sperm is dead, though. <laughs> all that too spice much I spice. <laughs> I, I had the water of life too many times. Now I have the sperm of death. Um, the sperm of death. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's it's there's there's lots of interesting things. I I I think what's great about Dune is that it inter- it, it uh, started a whole different idea of of um, science fiction. Um, setting a whole new like scenery that we weren't normally used to like we're like asimov and like when you read the foundation it's like it's such a high future it's just like everything's so how to put it like so high tech and so like it seems like would never get there you know technology wise like it's just like oh it's just so so far in the future and then in dune it doesn't even seem that future it seems like near future they've 
and in it, zillions of years in the future like yeah i, I forgot what the, how many years but it's like way out there in the future it's like 30 40,000 years in the future something like that yeah and and so the the and they've rejected most of technology yes they still use technology of course but i mean it isn't used like it is even in star wars yeah you know like it's 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 kind of just like nah we we don't use a lot of it so yeah, it's lower tech than Star um, Wars it's it's just kind of crazy seeing like how George Lucas got all his ideas from because George Lucas just like handpicked all sorts of stuff from everything yeah to, yeah. to he, make to he definitely minded mine everything yeah yeah for sure to to make Star Star Wars I mean the the Benny Gesserit are definitely like blueprints for Jedi um, mm-hmm. in some ways for sure yeah and. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's very different, and it ha- takes a lot. Obviously, to me, it uh, seems like a huge kind of um, metaphor or what have you for you know uh, America's policy of oil in the Middle East and uh, the the Bedouins that live there that could have just basically said, "No, you're not taking the oil," you know. So it seemed like our energy policies um, kind of like put out into a uh, into a science fiction kind of thing. So, oh yeah, it was definitely a like a he was definitely super into politics and like was writing out against that, and then also writing against like uh, religious zealotism, <laughs> like also yeah. also condemning that because I mean even but people, then he sort of embraces it too. But you know, but you know, you've got Paul. You know, he's had the best intentions. He doesn't want bad things to happen. And then like, oh look, well he's gonna just, he. he Started off not wanting anything bad to happen with it, and then he's fully embraced the uh, all the bad. Yeah, or at least doesn't care about what's good. I mean, I think um, it's Paul's like a cautionary tale. <laughs> I mean, I think that's. Yeah. I, I saw an interview with Frank Herbert, and that's kind of like what he, he was. He said he was going for is that you know you don't you know don't make don't create these real religious um, zealots, and don't and yeah don't think that uh, just because somebody seems like they're um, a great leader that they're going to stay a great leader, or that they're you know? really a messiah when they're not, or and they can be corruptible, or they can change because of the power they come across. But um, wow, so pertinent to our modern times. Extremely pertinent. I mean, it's probably timeless. To tell you the truth. Oh, sure, um, sure. I, I, yeah, but I mean, I just, our, our, I think... our current leader has this messianic complex, or people put a messianic complex on him, which is like blows my that mind is for sure. Because I mean, I remember seeing some articles. Someone wanted to write a book of Trump for the Bible. I'm like, what? Oh my what? god! What? It's terrible. What? I don't understand. Why would you want to add to the Bible uh, with Trump? That doesn't make any sense. No, it oh. definitely does not. I so I think what's great about um, is is Dune is extremely unique. Um, and I know we get in further books. It gets into more interesting facets of different things in the Dune universe. Uh, obviously, it's just like the beginning, uh, um, uh, the exploration of uh, some characters and the people surrounding it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and which is kind of, honestly, this book kind of just gives us the lay of the land of how things are, so. Yeah, this book is so much just like an aesthetic, like a, a prologue for the series, basically. Yeah, it's like a full yeah. length prologue because it's just got so yeah. much. He's got so much stuff he's trying to establish. He's got, you know, the sandworms, the sandworm life cycle, what spices, what spice does, what different concentrations of spice can do. Who are the Bene Gesserit? What do they do? What does the Emperor? What does he do? Like, uh, it's just 
like a primer for everything that's going to be happening in the in the further books. So I'm hoping this, the the fur, their further books are more narratively strong. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's kind of like my hope, I guess, for the the future of the Doom books. Although I know I'll, I've looked at different people on Facebook and a lot of people, you know, say that the first one is the best book of them all. So uh, I hope that's not true because I mean, it's just a lot of like setup. So I'm really hoping the story gets like a lot more involved to going forward. One thing, the books definitely get a little looser with the, you know, with the stories. Like there's not, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of uptightness in the first Dune book. Like he feels like he's got to tell all these parts and it seems like it's a little more, relax like it's um uh like a slower pace um story that you know you can kind of follow along mm. uh, a little better because uh, it feels like he was trying to pack so much into the first doom book you know to get to and in fact i honestly feel like the third book um the prophet seems a bit rushed there's a lot of things like a lot of things that are not you know talked about that happened i mean it says it happens they have three years of fighting uh you know the harkonnens on on the on uh, arrakis and and obviously this final battle is kind of just skipped over you know so i mean not that i want to see here uh, read all the you know all the warfare that happens but it would have yeah. been nice to get a little bit of it so i mean i guess but also at the same time we don't really know anywhere else. I mean, we've only been off Dune twice the entire book. The intro and yeah. Caladan, and then the one time and we Giddy went Prime. to... Yeah, Giddy Prime. Yeah. I guess we technically went to Giddy Prime twice, but still, we don't have much of the lay of the land, so describing it may not matter too much, you know? Right. And and the other thing is, uh, strangely enough, that we see in Lynch's movie, but we do not see at all in, this move, or in, this, in the book, is uh, The Guild Navigator. Yeah, they didn't. Never they didn't up. wheel him out in his giant fish tank. Yeah, never seen. I think we get him in. Uh, I think in the beginning of Messiah, or at least the first chapter or two. I can't remember. It's been a while since I read Messiah. Um, but he, uh, they do show up. That's um, cool. So yeah, I can't quite remember exactly where he shows up, but yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's still a classic. You can't get away from it's. It's it's an original. Like yeah, it's I mean, like it, it has. Flaws. I mean, it's like anything. Like I think of any like great movie, any great uh, album, you know, that like breaks a lot of boundaries and rules. It's like there's some great parts, and then there's parts you're like, why did they do that? You know, like even if you take the original Star Wars and look at it you know well, there's I mean, there's some clunky parts to it well i mean the original star wars was a disaster it was only saved in post like the, it was saved in the editing room somehow because by all accounts the movie was gonna be a massive bomb and somehow they were able to edit around it and they made it work yeah no i'm just saying it's like you know they i i i think any like um turning point of like um media or artwork or anything like that out there is like that that changes the changes the landscape is is sometimes has imperfections but there are parts of it that's so interesting that it keeps your attention yeah dune is definitely a classic in, in that respect uh for sure i mean it started its whole its whole thing it's pretty unique unto itself even even to today i mean there's nothing still quite like dune yeah i agree I, and it, it will be interesting uh, when the movie comes out if it will actually hold up 
to the book and people will actually be interested. I think they have I think they have the star power to keep people interested and it looks looks visually beautiful, but we'll yeah. see anything if it if it goes that far so yeah it's got some impressive star power i really i really hope it works out and um gets us you know more dune more dune yeah cool man well i'm glad we got a chance to talk about this book it's uh very exciting yeah and it's my first time reading dune so it was uh, definitely a good experience and i've gotten more of the books audiobooks i'm looking forward to getting into more, more of them i just don't know why i never got into it before yeah, it's been a long time since I read Dune, so it's been it's good to go back to it. I, I probably haven't read it since I was in my twenties, so oh, wow. that was a while back. Yeah, so cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on our ride of Dune. We hope you enjoyed on the it. Dune buggy. The Dune buggy. Yes, Picard and his Argo. <laughs> in the background, uh, Picard just doing swirlies. I mean, donuts. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> trying not to get eaten by worms. Get out of that dune buggy, Gurney. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad you got a chance to listen. I hope you got to follow us the whole journey through Dune. Uh, if there's anything else that you'd like to add to it, you can always hit us up on our email at synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can also talk to us on our Facebook group page, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics. And you can also uh, talk to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is synthaholicduo. And if this show is something you'd like to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon for slash Centaholics. All right, Dave, until someday we get on to Dune Messiah, let that spice flow. Flow, flow, flows. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll bullshit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had